Welcome to the Parkway Live Church Podcast. Thank you for taking time to let God's Word impact you. Always encouraged to know God is touching lives through this ministry. Please visit parkwaylife.com to let us know. You can also hit the giving tab to sow into the ministry that you are experiencing. Now, prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. I am preaching and teaching today Thanksgiving at the table. We're going into uh, Thanksgiving week where we eat more food than we should. And I, I want to, with this message called Thanksgiving at the table, I want to lay some groundwork that I want to encourage people this Thanksgiving to be thankful, first of all, that there is a table. And last week I really talked about that the table is, in this series, represents the church. And for us that are in these, this room today, represents Parkway and what God is doing in your life at Parkway and the church of the living God. And of course, the church of the living God is bigger than just what's inside these four walls, but we are talking about this thing that we're a part of. And then not only be thankful that there is a table, but that you are invited to that table. And that's a big deal. I'm so thankful to be sitting at the table today. And that there has been, the other thing I want to really establish is that there's been a price paid. There's been a price paid for you to sit at the table. And I'm thankful for all of those things today. And I, I think we should be thankful for everything in our lives. God is the good, the bad, the ugly. Uh, thankful for all of these things in our life to, to really bring them near and give God praise for what has made us and what is created in us. And Thanksgiving at the table has so many different layers to it. And that's what I want to unpeel today is three or four of the layers, and then we're going to end with communion. And, uh, but first of all, I'm thankful, like I said, for the table. That's the first thing I want to establish today. That first layer of Thanksgiving at the table is I just want to be thankful for the table. I want to be thankful for the church of the living God. In all of the junk in our world, thank God there's still a thing called the church. Amen. Can you imagine? I'm going to just go to our most recent tragedy in this area, Harvey. Can you imagine the golden triangle through Harvey without the church? Let's just bring it local. Can you imagine? It was the place where people went to get water, people were to get drink, people went to uh, take care of themselves, where they bedded down. It's where people were housed. I'm going to tell you, we put a lot on government, and I'm a believer in the United States of America, but we put a lot on government. But let me just let you know, had it not been for the church, the Golden Triangle would be in a tough place. And people want to fuss and fight and gripe about the church, and man, this shouldn't be a part of that. And that they don't mind it when we're going through a tragedy. When we're going through a tragedy... They forget about the separation of church and state and everything else. They're just going, we need a place and a place that is a lighthouse in the midst of a lot of brokenness. And I am thankful for the table. I'm thankful for the church of the living God. Let me, let me kind of, I want to open up a little different part of this that maybe you hadn't thought about. And that is Jesus took 12 disciples. He took 12 disciples who were a small community themselves. And, and but if truth be told, really... They were an impossible community. And that's sometimes what we don't think about. 
We just think, man, these guys blended together. They were, it was an easy blend. They were an impossible community. You've got, you've got a tax collector uh, betraying his people by tagging up with the occupying army. Do you see that? We got, I mean, the, the, the guy is connecting with the occupying army, and Jesus chooses him to be a part of the 12. It's like, Jesus, out of all the people, you chose this dude. And then, then you've got, uh, imagine Jesus calling you to follow him, and you do, and you're excited about doing that, and a mile down the road, his gaze comes upon someone else that you do not like. You're, you really, to be honest with you, you kind of hate them. And Jesus calls them to join in the community and do life with you. And that joy that you just had in him choosing you, when he chooses that one, all of a sudden you don't feel so much joy. But Jesus is in the process of building this impossible community called the church. And it's absolutely not going to work with these 12 unless there is a key component in that, and that is Jesus is the center of it all. And I will tell you this, the table, I thank God for the table, I thank God for the church, but I want to make sure that you understand, we can't get so slick, we can't get so smooth, I love lights, I love sound, I love fancy stuff that God's blessed us with, but let's not let the tablecloth get so fancy that we think we don't need Jesus at this table. Come on now. We've got to have Jesus at the table. I don't care how smart we get. I don't care how great we are at building churches or tearing churches down. Whatever it takes, we have got to have Jesus at the table. I don't care if that's in the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, or in 2018 or in coming year of 19. We have to have Jesus as the center of it all. The center of it all. We have to have Jesus at the center of it all. He has to be at the center of everything we do, everything that we say. And being part of a community of faith involves us living with people that, uh, that we get on our nerves. Y'all don't get on mine. Okay, let's, let's, go, let's go back. We all sometimes get on each other's nerves. Can I get a witness? And you're going, you don't want to be too loud with that because you're scared somebody across the room who you've moved across to the other side to be away from might hear you say amen. <laughs> People get on their nerves. We get, we, we go to, we're involved in a community that irritates us. Even the dude preaching sometimes just irritates us and, 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 and annoys us and and. We have things inside at the, sitting at the table and people at the table that create distractions. And that's the exact kind of community that God has called you into. See, we think that when we sit down at the table that it's going to be a perfect community. I, 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 I defer, uh, they're, they're, that's, not, that's, not, that's not the truth. This community that he has put together is an impossible community. And he set that up even with the twelve. It's an impossible. Folks, I'm going to tell you, when I look out across this church, and it's, it's so fun to, for me to look out, and, and high majority of you, I know you, and, and, and some better than others. And, but I will tell you this, the personalities are so vast. 
and the backgrounds are so vast and your pedigree and religion is so vast and it's all over the place. And I always say that Parkway is kind of a Heinz 57. We don't really have a great pedigree and I think that's the way the church should be. If it's not that and we don't have fresh faces walking in the room, people broken, jacked up, messed up, walking in, even if you had a pedigree or you don't have a pedigree, you're walking in and saying, man, I don't even know who I am, but I'm looking for somebody to make me who I need to be. And I step in this room, and, and when we look at it all across, it looks like his chosen 12 because there's people from all different kind of backgrounds and we sat down at the table, and we want to think that it's all perfect, but it's set up not to be perfect. For if it was perfect, it would, be, it would not be welcoming. The fact that it's imperfect, and in its imperfection is good news for people that are walking in full of brokenness and battered lives, and, and they understand the fact that Jesus chose them Let's me know that there's a process that he can take me through that can heal my life. And I mentioned it last week. Don't hold your testimony in thinking I'm only going to, I don't really want to share it with anybody because it might expose that I really wasn't all that. The world, when they're walking in this door, needs to know that you're not all that. They need, to, they need to know that I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I see. They need to understand that you were that, but you've come to this. God, God wants to let you shine through the power of your testimony. Let that go. Let that go. I preached enough about that last week. But it's the power of the imperfection inside the church. And he's invited all of those, just like he did the 12, to the table so that there would be a process. It's not perfect, but it will lead you to the one who is, and his name is Jesus. How many of you, how many of you would honestly say, and I don't want you to say anything if you, if you can't honestly say it, but you can honestly say you stepped in this house, you stepped in the church of the living God, and God began to make you and create in you and you're not where you want to be, but thank God you're not what you used to be. Come on, come on. Come, why don't you just stand up and give God, give God some love for that right there. Come on, just, just stand. It's a time of thanksgiving. It's a time and season of thanksgiving. Amen? Come on, don't let him give him a little pretty clap. Give him some love. Hallelujah. He's been good to you. He's been good to you. Turn around and give somebody a high five and say, I'm glad I'm not what I used to be. But tell them this, say, you hadn't seen the best yet. Come on, you hadn't seen the best yet. He's doing something big in me. Number two I want to talk about is Thanksgiving at the table is praising God in the middle of the dilemma. If you're taking notes, write that down. Praising God is Thanksgiving is praising God in the middle of the dilemma. When the children of Israel crossed the Jordan River, they set up two pillars. And one was in the middle of Jordan, and the other was on the other side of Jordan. The first one in the midst of Jordan was a midway praise. It, we, we we're halfway through this thing. And I want to stop in the middle of Jordan and set up a pillar 
Set up something that lets the Lord know, Lord, we thank you for where you have brought us to this point, and I'm going to praise you in the middle of my dilemma. See, sometimes in thanksgiving and praise, we want to wait till it gets through, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But sometimes we need to set up a pillar in the middle of our dilemma. Now, let me bring it home to you. I'm going through sickness. I'm not out of it. I'm going through sickness, but I'm going to praise him anyway. You see what I'm saying? I, I'm, I am going through a divorce, but I'm going to praise him anyway. I'm in the middle of it. I don't know where it's going to end up. I'm going through financial problems. That's my Jordan right now. But in the middle of my Jordan, I'm going to praise him anyways. I'm going through it with my children. And there's all kind of stuff going on, you might say. But I'm going to praise him anyway. I'm going through enough drama in my life to receive an Academy Award. But I'm going to praise him in the middle of it. Anyway, I gotta, I gotta ask you a question. <laughs> Is there anybody have a going through it, and I'm gonna praise him in the middle kind of praise today? Not, not on, not on the other side of it. <laughs> Miriam, when they came through the Red Sea, Miriam got her a tambourine on the other side of the Red Sea. She got a tambourine, but where in the world was she when, when Moses was on this side, scared half to death, didn't know we were going to make it, and everybody's scoffing and throwing things and rotten tomatoes at the pastor. But on the other side, Miriam all of a sudden got, a, got her praise on. She got a tambourine and got her praise on. I need somebody... I need somebody in the church of the living God to understand that real thanksgiving means praising God in the middle of your dilemma, in the middle of the trial. When you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, I got my hands up. Anybody praise when the Red Sea's been split and you walked on dry land and you saw your enemy destroyed in the back. Anybody can praise at that point, but I need somebody to praise God when you're going through the toughest time of your life, your hands go out and say, but if not, had I had a God who called me out, I wouldn't be here today. Anybody got that kind of praise on the day? You may be in the darkest time of your life, but you got to get your praise on in the middle of it. Your praise on in the middle of the dilemma. It, it, the Bible is full of this stuff, so I'm going to cherry pick a few stories, but we have Paul inside us who is just one of our all-time praise it in the middle of it stories. It's Paul and Silas, and they were beaten and humiliated, and they're chosen by God, and now they're in the bottom of the prison, and they're locked up in chains and stocks. Can you, can you see them down there? And, and they're, they're, they're Paul and Silas has got them. I mean, they're, they're just, it doesn't look good for them. The morning's coming, and it might be, may bring death for them, and it's a tough, tough dilemma. And in the middle of it, the Bible says, at midnight. Sometimes you're in the middle of your midnight when you got to get your praise on and your thanksgiving on. And at midnight, all of a sudden, they began to sing and praise to the Lord. Now, I will tell you, when I used to preach to young people all the time, I used to get down in the middle of this and I start singing. But then I've learned, God has blessed me since the time I was about 20 to now I'm 49 to realize I can't sing. 
and there was people losing their praise when I started singing my song. Huh? So I've gotten a little more intelligent with it, but the fact of the matter is you've got to sing a song, and it doesn't matter who, who it frustrates and who it bothers. You've got to sing a song and give God praise in the middle of your midnight when you're chained, when you're chained to your dilemma, you're chained to your brokenness, when you're chained to your addiction, and all of a sudden you start crying out, had it not been for Jesus, I don't know where I would be. I don't know. I, maybe, maybe, it's, maybe it's like this. I feel like praising, praising him. That's going on way on back. Some of you don't even know how to go far that far back. Some of you may get you amazing grace on. That's going way on back there. Whatever it may be, you've got to get some praise on in the middle. Well, I'm going to try to preach to you at this Thanksgiving, but I need somebody to help get your Thanksgiving dinner out of your mouth for a minute and help me praise the Lord. God is so, so good to us that in the middle of my dilemma, not when I get out, anybody can praise when the walls fall and the chains drop. Anybody can. Is there anybody can praise at the midnight when you're chained up and you're going through trouble and you're at the table and say, but had it not been for Jesus, I don't know where I would be. Man, 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 man. Man, man, I know, I know it's Thanksgiving. I'm supposed to preach all Thanksgiving. But I'm preaching Thanksgiving with a little praise on it. Because we really, if we're really going to understand Thanksgiving, we really need to be thankful for the table, the church of the living God. And we need to be thankful in the middle of our dilemma, in the middle of our situation. I, I, want, I, want, you to, I want you to turn around to somebody right now and just tell them it's, it's midnight. So just say that to them. Would you do it? Say, it's midnight. But hold on. Tell them again. Say, it's midnight, but hold on. And then say this, he's working on it. No, no, turn around and say, you didn't hear me. He's working on it. Now you do your part in the middle of the midnight. You do your part in the middle of the night. You get your praise on. You begin to worship. And I know, I know I'm being way too energetic for you this morning. But would you stand with me right now in the middle of my message? In the middle of it. And I want you to do something. I, if you're a guest here today, uh, oh man, we're, we're stretching you a little bit today so you don't have to do this. But, 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 but everybody else, would you slip your hands up to heaven and just give praise right in the middle of it? Right in the middle of it. Come on, just praise him. Lord, I don't understand where I'm at with my family, my kids, my finances. I don't understand, God. But I can tell you this, I'm going to praise you in spite of where I'm at. Come on, in spite of where I am at. I'm going to praise him in spite of where I'm at. He's been good. Can I just stop and say this? I get so frustrated with this. This is my personal pet peeve, and that is God gets blamed for everything. People don't serve him. People don't love him. People don't whatever, but you let something happen, and they start blaming it on God. You got people that don't even believe in God, and all of a sudden something goes wrong, and they still blame it on God. I say, well, you can't blame it on him if you don't believe in it. But he still gets blamed for everything. And I was real frustrated about this one time, and I was really stubborn. I'm praying about it, and God said, wait a minute, Nathan. I'm big enough to handle. I'm big enough to handle this. You don't have to handle it. You don't have to be mad. You don't have to be frustrated. You just encourage the people that the Lord has given you to preach to 
to praise God in the middle of it. That doesn't mean that you don't sometimes feel like blaming God. I don't mean that. Sometimes you feel like that's the only one you can turn to, and God's big enough to handle your why in the situation, and you know that I preach that kind of stuff. But I'm going to tell you this. When it all said and done, God did not the one that got you into it. You have an enemy. You have an oppressor. You have a one that's drawn you into junk. You, every time you go through tough times, it ought to solidify your belief in the almighty God because he's not the one. He's the one that's going to help bring you out. He's the one that's there to pick you up when you're broken. The enemy come to kill, steal, and destroy. The enemy come to kill, steal, and destroy. God's there to bring life and life more abundantly. <laughs> he's there to love on your hide. But you know what? We get to the exact place where it was in Job chapter 23 and verses 8 through 9. We get to the exact place where Job was. Look at this. Look at this. Behold, I go forward, but he's not there. And backward, but I can't perceive him. On the left hand, where he doth work. Somebody say, he doth work. But I cannot behold him. He hideth himself on the right hand that I can't see him. He's hiding, but I know he's there. But I can't see him. And I want to tell somebody here today, he doth work. You can't see him on your left, right, front, back. But like Job, I want to tell you, he's doing a work. He's there for you. He's in the middle of the Jordan with you. Now you have to do something. You have to just be thankful that he's gotten you to this point. I praise God from the depths of who I am for him getting me to this point. I'm not where I want to be, but thank God I've made it to this point. Some of you, some of you are walking through, some of you are walking through freedom right now, and you're not where you want to be. But thank God you are where you're at. You've received a, a, this place where you're at and you're setting up a pillar in the middle of Jordan and you, and, you, and you also say it like Job, I don't understand everything that's going on. I don't even know where he's at in all this, but I do know this, he's here. He's with me. I know he's with me. His promises are with me and they're yea and amen. Man, I feel like preaching to somebody today. I don't know exactly where you're at, but he knows where you're at. He knows where you're at. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise in the house today. <laughs> he got the work. We sing, you may be seated. We sing a song around here. It says, you may not, what, what, how's it go? He says, you may not see it, but he's working. Even when I don't see him. Even when I what? Can't feel him. Has anybody been in church long enough to know that you get to a point sometimes you don't even feel him? Huh? Because I, I know right now on Sunday morning it's goosebumps and goosebumps on top of goosebumps. But sometimes I can't find a goosebump. Sometimes I cannot feel him. And you say, Pastor, that, that doesn't go for you because you, 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 you always, no, 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 there's some moments when I'm praying, I don't even feel God. I'm like Job, right there where Job, I don't even know. But I tell you this. I read the word of God and I know he's with me. I've just got to hold on to my faith in the middle of the Jordan and I've got to say this, Lord, I do know I may understand or I can be like Job. 
Or it could be like Job. The Bible says Job fell on his knees, shaved his head, and worshiped his God. There's got to come a moment in your life when you say, I don't understand it, and I know I'm in the middle of it, but I'm going to praise God anyway. There is going to be a worship bubble out of my spirit. Man. The next thing your table needs is a thank God I made it through praise. I thank God I made it through praise. When the children of Israel got to the other side, they put up a pillar in the middle of the Jordan, but when they got to the other side of the Jordan, Joshua said, now take those stones that you carried out of the Jordan River and build a pillar here. This is your thank God I made it through praise, and it needs to be at your table. You got to thank God for the table. You got to thank God for the church. You've got to thank God that even I don't understand where I'm at in the church and I'm unstable in my situations that I'm going through, I'm going to praise and be thankful. But I'm also going to have times when I know I've made it through certain seasons of my life, there are certain seasons and I've had some breakthrough in my life and I'm going to praise him for him carrying me through where I have been in the toughest times of our lives carrying it through, and you need that, and we talked about last week, that was your testimony that he brought you through. And so, is there anybody here today who knows it's an absolute miracle that you're even in this room today? What? There's hands all over this place. I felt something just then. I'm going to say it one more time. That's good. How many of you know you wouldn't even be in the room today had it not been a miracle for the Almighty God? Look at that. Look at that. That hand up is thanksgiving at the table. That's a praise to God at the table that, God, you brought me through something in my life. And so I thank you, God, that I've got a testimony. I thank you, Lord, that there's been some miracles in my life. And, and, and I thank you, God, that I know what it is to have to lean into the grace of God and know that he brought me through what I am going through and the grace of God has carried me through. Have you ever had moments where you're, you're really bummed up, man, and you've got some... You got, some, you got some sin in your life. You got some things that jacked you up. And you had to lean into the grace of God. You lean, you lean into the grace of God, and God didn't judge you, beat you up, wear you out, destroy you. But he, sent you, he simply held you, brought you in. That's the grace of God. And that has to be at your table. And what has really, really thrown me about religion, and I think this is what really Jesus just hated about religion. And that's why here we preach relationship more than religion. Because religion is the one that put Jesus on the cross. And religion says this. It says you don't really need God as long as you have all the rules of man. 
And so it eliminates the grace of God. That's why churches that are so rule-driven, you never hear them preach about the grace of God. Can I just tell you this? I, I have bummed up. I have messed up. I am jacked up. But the grace of God has brought me through. If you, if you want a pastor who's been perfect and has a halo on his head all of his life, you've got the wrong dude. You need to go to the first church of the redeemed. But in this church, we've got the Heinz 57s of brokenness, struggle. But I think it's like the 12. He's saying, listen, this is the very fact of what you've been through is a testament to the other people. That, hey, you see those people? They've had, a, they've had situations in their life. You see those people? They shouldn't be here. You see these people? That should have killed them. You see these people? That should have bankrupt them, and they shouldn't be in the house. But thank God the grace of God has brought me through. Where's Colin at today? Where's, where's Colin at? Colin, where you at, buddy? Just jump, jump up. Red, red, Colin, where you at? Hey, way up. Colin, Sarah. Jump, jump up. They're, they're, in, they're in the expensive seats there. Look, look. <laughs> look right there. You see them? Brand new people. You know what their first weekend of the year was? No, you're not going to believe it. Their first weekend was the, we preached on tithing. Am I telling the truth? I'm not going to say all they said, but they said this. This part, I can tell you. The perfect thing that we needed. We have been through tons of financial dilemma, and that day God showed us where we've been going wrong. Listen to this. Hold on, hold on. Since then, they were in this altar last week, hands lifted up, tears running down their face. God doing a work in their life. Guess what? Guess what? Y'all ain't ready. Y'all ain't ready. Last Sunday morning after church, they went, got married. Everybody say this, welcome Welcome. to the table. table. Hallelujah, God's grace. Thank God for calling in Sarah's. This church is full of people like that, that we need the grace of God in our lives. Thank you, Colin and Sarah, for giving Parkway a chance. Thank you for walking in this house, letting us preach on things that built your faith. Thanks for being here again today and celebrating the last few weeks of the goodness of the grace of God. Can I, I don't know if your story is like Colin and Sarah's. I don't know if you've been raised in the church. I don't know where you've been, but I know this. You have got to have something in your DNA that says this. He has brought me through. Had it not been for the grace of God, I'm going to praise God for his grace, his mercy, his blessings. He has brought me through. David said it like this in Psalms 40 verse 2. He said this. He brought me up up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and he set my feet upon a rock, and he established my 
goings, and he put a new song in my mouth. He put a new song in my, he changed what I was singing to, <laughs> to what I'm singing now. He put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God, and many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. David said, I was in the miry clay. I was in a dilemma. I was in a tough time. I was in a horrible, horrible pit. But the Lord reached down into my brokenness, pulled me out, and we see him write the majority of the Psalms because he remembered where he came from. Let us not remember where we came from. He's been good to us. I think that is the beauty of Thanksgiving in the church that we remember at this season that Jesus Christ, what he did for us, and it causes us to reflect and give God praise from the bottom of our heart. The last point I want to close with today is that I want to remember what he has done for me because it promotes a thankful heart. I want to remember what he's done for me. And I'm going into this one, and we're going to we're going to go into a season of communion, a time of communion. And I love doing communion at, at Thanksgiving because to me it's so beautiful because everything about Thanksgiving, he says, remember me, remember me. And when I remember, I, I reflect on his goodness and I can't help but have a thankful heart. And so I want to, I want to, how many of you have never had communion at Parkway? Just, just raise your hands real high. Just get, get it up. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Welcome to this table today. And you're about to experience something that I honestly say it's going to be the greatest experience you've ever had. I have people on a, every time we do communion, we have people from all different avenues that, that usually talk to me. One, one group says, I was never allowed to have communion because I didn't meet all the rules of the church. And that's, that, that's a gazillion different types of denominal faiths. faiths. But I want to tell you here today, you're welcome to take communion with us. You're welcome to take communion with us even though you've had a divorce. Because one, one, one place says you can't have communion with us if you had a divorce. When did it all start being about how good you are? This is about how good Jesus is. I'm going to tell you what, if this was, if communion was for all the perfect people, communion would go out of style quick. I like having this chair up here. It's kind of cool. But you're welcome here to take communion with us. You've got some sin in your life today. We preach against sin in this church. We want that to be healed in your life. We want God to do something in your life. We're not judging you today. We're presenting you with an opportunity 
for Jesus to, to touch you and heal you of that, of that sin. And you know what? The beauty of communion is through the power of communion, he makes provision for it. He says, you're welcome to this table, but I want you to take care of something. I want you to repent of your sin. He didn't ask you to climb a mountain on glass on your knees. He didn't ask you to pay for any kind of price. He just said, I want you to say, Lord, I'm sorry for my sin. Forgive me. The Bible calls it godly sorrow. God, and he makes provision for that at communion. And so today, if you have sin in your life, sure, we want God to heal you of that. But you can have that happen in the next few minutes. And God can open you up to a beautiful, most beautiful Thanksgiving you've ever had in your life. Amen? You're welcome. You're welcome to take communion with us today. And so, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And this is verse 26. It says this, For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he comes. In other words, this, let me break this down and unpack it for you. Every time you eat this bread and you drink this cup, it represents the body and the blood of Jesus. So when you take the cup, you're taking it for the blood that was shared for you. It represents that. You're taking the body which was broken for you. And it represents that. And so it's a beautiful moment. And that's why I love to do it at Thanksgiving. Because you need that at your table to really appreciate what God's doing at the table. But this is what he wants you to do. And this, he said, I want you to do this often. But verse 27, Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. Uh-oh. Trouble, right? And that's where, when I was a kid, they'd stop right there. And we were scared to death to take communion. I'm just telling you. I'm just being quite honest with you. Maybe you were not raised in that atmosphere. I was in Bible college scared to death to take communion. Because there would be something. I mean, you can always find something. You're going, my God, I'm going to hell as soon as I take the, you know. And I lost the joy of it, scared to death, full of fear. And every time I talk about this, people tell me, Pastor, I was right where you were. Scared to death to take communion because they stop at that verse. But there's another verse that says this, but let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. All I'm asking you to do is examine yourself. Let there be an opportunity to come into his presence. Ask him, ask me for forgiveness, and then drink of that cup. Take of that bread. Isn't that good? Now, would you stand with me today? This is how we're going to do this. Before we go any further, the steps that we're going to take is we're going to examine ourselves. We're going to examine ourselves. You've got to have this at your table on Thanksgiving. Examine yourself. I, 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 there's a part of me that wishes I could do this for people because, man, I would be doing it for everybody I know. 
But this is that moment when that personal relationship with Christ comes in and you, and you do this for yourself. It's between you and the Lord. And it's so beautiful. And so I'm going to ask us, it's not requirement for you to close your eyes, but I want you to close your eyes so that you can kind of think and shut off the world. Would you do that just a minute? And we're going to just, Scott's going to softly play, and I'm going to hush up. I'm going to turn my mic off because I'm going to do what you're doing. I'm going to pray. And what I want you to do is I want you to examine yourself. And I want you to ask the Lord to forgive you of your sins. Forgive you of your wrongs, your mistakes. Godly sorrow. Godly sorrow. God, cleanse me. Cleanse me. Would you talk to him for yourself? As a best friend, just talk to him. This should be every man and every woman. Die out to the Lord. Would you do that? Father, we come to you today. God, we step in this room, every man for himself in the presence of God, every woman taking her place in the presence of the Lord. God, we bring to you our brokenness, we bring to you our sin bring to you our mistakes. God, every sin is in one of, one of three categories. And we bring you those. We bring you the lust of the flesh. God, forgive us of our lust of the flesh. Forgive us of the lust of our eye. And God, forgive us for the pride of life. Forgive us for everything that goes in those categories. God, everything where I failed. God, we were born into sin. But God, I'm asking you to do a work here today in every one of our lives. People that are standing here today, their lives may be full of sin, but God, I'm asking you to do a work like only you can do as they come to you with an open heart. And God, let there be a turnaround in their life. A turnaround. 
in Jesus' Jesus name. Lord, thank you for doing this for us. Thank you for... Thank you for it, God. Thank you for your grace. God, we're so undeserving, but your grace has made us worthy. And I thank you for it. That I can come boldly before the throne of God. I don't need anybody else standing in my place. I can come boldly into the throne of the Lord. I can approach you and you can forgive me. Thank you for making the provisions of your blood and your body that was shed for me on Calvary. Thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Doesn't that feel good today? Anybody just want to love him? Just want to love him?